Hello and welcome to Game Chat, the video game book club on the internet. This week we are talking about Sable, the whole game. Uh, Sable was released on September 23rd of 2021. It is developed by Shedworks and published by Raw Fury. Embark on a unique and unforgettable journey and guide Sable through her gliding, a rite of passage that will take her across vast deserts and mesmerizing landscapes, capped by the remains of spaceships and ancient wonders. Explore the dunes on your hoverbike, scale monumental ruins, and encounter other nomads as you unearth mysteries long forgotten, and discover who she really is behind her mask. With its unique art style and original soundtrack by Japanese Breakfast, goodness, envelop yourself in Sable's world and explore everything at your own pace. There's a lot in this world just waiting to be discovered. Do not be afraid. Take the leap. Uh, each recording, we like to have a intro question uh, so that you, our listeners, can get to know our chatters a little bit better. Um, this month for games question is, um, since Sable is getting out on her glider, um, just a hover bike kind of thing, I guess, uh, that she rides around on, um, it's kind of a rite of passage, like getting your first car and going out into the world on your own. Uh, so to mirror that, how different was the car you learned to drive on from your actual car? Starting from the top. All right, this is Franco. Um, way back in the day, I was a Model T. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was a uh, big-ass Ford station wagon is what I learned to drive and passed my test in. So, good Lord. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. And uh, with the wood panels on the sides and everything, or ah uh, no, I don't think it was a woody. I, okay. I it's but it was like every you know like seated everything like, else like that. Yeah, bench seat mm-hmm. and then the the fold down seats in the back. Nice. Yeah, and with the 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 swing out at the two way door. Oh man! So you, you know the rear door. It's a two wayer. It it comes folds down like a truck, or it can pull out open man like a door yeah yeah we beat the hell out of that thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah man that thing was i can't even remember what the wheelbase was on it it was huge (laughs) was that it was it was like the clark griswold station wagon pretty well (laughs) was that different from your first car that was all that was my that that was my, the that was the whole thing too. Oh man. Uh let's see. Um on my own car it was a hand me down. It was mm-hmm. a, it was a, a a van. So like our the next family car next. was like a van and then when I got old enough that was like the first like you know you you take the van and we're going to get a new car kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks mom and dad. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Next. Uh, hello, this is Jonathan. Um, <laughs> yep. The car I learned how to drive in and I took the test in was my dad's uh, Ford Ranger truck. Which, it's like, it's a pickup truck, but it's tiny. It's a tiny truck, you know? <laughs> um Yeah. But the important thing is, is it had a camper top on it and you could not see out of that thing at all. And it really wasn't that great of a car to like learn how to drive it. But it was like my dad was the one who taught me. So it's like he's like, we're taking my truck. And and. uh, Man, I'm surprised I passed that driver's test. Um (laughs) because <laughs> it was one of those things you know like you know they're like <laughs> parallel park and they put out little cones and it's like i couldn't see those cones at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a truck and then, like i hit one of the cones and i was like well that's it and <laughs> and but she still passed me and then like she was she was like she was like the stereotypical like dmv tester because she was just like a grumpy lady who was mm-hmm. just like, you could tell she had already had too many of these tests today. Oh, man. 
And so she was just like, <laughs> at the very end, she was just like, your turds were atrocious. They oh, scared God. me. <laughs> <laughs> hit a code. But a passage anyways. Just, you know, <laughs> just don't come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. And um and I think I it's I didn't I didn't take my driver's test until I was eighteen after I, it was the summer after I graduated high school. And <laughs> and I just remember my whole family was like, Oh, you're gonna get it. You're no problem, no problem. And then when I like yeah, I passed. Everyone in my family was like, you actually passed in that truck? <laughs> you know, and then I realized none of them expected me to pass. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, oh, wow. Thanks. But yeah, I've. And then my first car and my cars since have been like sedans, like. The complete opposite of trucks. <laughs> mm hmm. Um. And yeah, like I had a Nissan Maxima, then a Toyota Camry, and now I have a, a Honda Civic. So <laughs> nice. Uh, this is Madeline. Um, I learned to drive in a uh, Ford Windstar minivan. Uh, and this is what I drove for all of high school. Um, and so I guess my first, like, my car that I had that I drove, um, I got a Chevy Blazer, I guess, in college. That's what I had for a little bit. And I liked the Ford Windstar much better, uh, cause I, the Blazer, you've probably heard this about the vehicles are a not super balanced low to the ground they sit kind of high up and they're kind of wobbly uh and i hydroplaned it and totaled it <laughs> not surprising <laughs> uh yeah the, i i really liked driving a minivan um even though it was a minivan and i would probably go back to it if um like if it was like that or a truck i would definitely take a minivan Every time. It's just a very comfy ride. In my opinion. Anyway. All right. Next. Uh, this is Chris. Uh, I didn't get a chance to play the game, so I won't really be talking much. But um, so. Most of my training was done in. Uh, a driving school car which was just like your classic regular sedan, which I can't remember what type it was, but um, the the car outside of that, though, was a uh, Plymouth Colt, which, like, I loved that car. Mm. Um, had a hatchback, uh, had a third row seat, so you could nice. fit more people in the back. It had the uh, the automatic uh, shoulder strap. Um, so I don't know if anyone remembers that, but mm -hmm. you open the, like, and the sh shoulder strap would go along a track on the yeah. door. So you wouldn't have to, you would just only have to manually do the, uh, the lap strap for the seatbelt. Um, the only thing that was wrong with it was uh, this was my grandparents car that my mother then bought off of them the issue was that my parents were buying the car and when they went to pick it up they sold the model that they were buying that had the ac built in oh no so the one that they got uh didn't have an ac so during the the hot summer months uh it was uh Using nature's AC of rolling down the windows. Uh -huh. <laughs> we used yeah. to call it 250 AC. Yeah. Two so, windows open at 50 miles an hour. Yeah. So yeah. it was like yeah. that was the only, uh, really one of the only bad things about the car. Other than that, like it had the, the tiniest wheels on a car I've ever seen, too. 
Like it was, it was almost comical with how small they were. Um, but I mean, the car was fantastic. It got me back and forth to school when, when I was going to school and, uh, it lasted quite a while mm-hmm. until it finally just had enough and ended up dying. Um, I mean, it, it was, it was a good car to have, uh, in high school, uh, especially when you were piling in a bunch of people because that third row really helped a lot. Um, and like, there was a lot of room in that car, mm-hmm. but now, uh, when I finally had enough to, or I would, I, I'm not gonna say when I finally had enough to buy a car, when I had a stable enough job to actually feel comfortable enough to buy a car, uh, it was a Chevy Equinox, which was a lease that I ended up um, getting out early because um, just the the length or or. My commute back and forth to the office, like I was going to go over. So I ended up buying a car before I hit the, the limit. So mm-hmm. now I have a Chevy Trax, which is a, I guess, what do they call those? Like mid-range SUVs, which. Okay. Yeah. Hatchback. It, yeah. It, it's nice, but it, I do miss the Equinox because it's, this one's kind of tiny and I do miss the extra space. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I'm at now. So nice. Right. Yeah, I like. It's part of what I liked about uh, having the van because I was in, I was in manned and I could haul a lot of people around in the van. Yeah. <laughs> you become very popular. Yeah, I was a meme in the in the early 2000s. All right, I guess. Mid two thousands. All right. Uh, yeah, we're talking about Sable. Um, so as you might have guessed from the fact that this is going to be our only chat about this, uh, nobody finished the game, and a lot of us didn't even play near as much as we thought we did. So, uh, we're going to at least talk about the intro area, uh, and then anything that anybody experienced after that. Um, I'd love to hear about, but. I apparently only got about three hours in this game. So, uh, yeah. Um, so before we get started in kind of like the, the story and quests and stuff like that, um, talk to me about our UI mechanics, um, stuff like that, our technical side of this game. Uh, playing, I've, I don't think it's well. It's only uh, is it only PC? I'm pretty. Sh- I'm not sure. No, it's. I played it on Xbox. Oh, it's an Xbox. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's on Game Pass. I, it might. It might have been one of those indies that Xbox got like exclusivity at launch or something. Okay. You know, Console wise. I just know it was on Game Pass, so I had to buy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It- I don't want to say rudimentary, but very basic line graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, well shaded. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no voice acting. To, you know, it's just yeah. Everybody's uh, it's it's just dialogue comes up in text boxes. Um, as far as technically, I mean, took a little getting used to. Yeah, the interfaces. I played it on a PC with a controller, which. It took me a little fidgeting to get the controller, the the game to recognize the controller I had, and once that was ironed out, it worked fine. So, you know, and controller helped, you know, with the, at least with the bike a lot. So, and also once I learned that uh, you can set it to toggle acceleration. So, oh, nice. So you could just hit the button and it's on. <laughs> and that's very nice. You don't have to hold. You don't have to hold it down. It's just on, and you just you just hit the tap it again to turn it off. So, uh, I uh, the game gets on you. It warns you about leaving your bike behind, but if you fast travel, it just shows up where you fast travel to. And you can there's a at least on PC there was a button I could push to call it like whistle and it would come. Yeah, I tried that. 
it has some real pathing problems. Yeah, <laughs> you I stand was... there waiting five minutes, and it's like, where is it? <laughs> oh. I yeah, never cause... even got that far. <laughs> oh. Like, I was worried at one point. I called it, and it like came all the way up to me, and I was like, are we going to just boop noses? Like, how close <laughs> do you need to get? <laughs> <laughs> it really does it comes like right up to your character mm. yeah yeah one okay. thing I, well okay yeah go ahead more not more about you know mechanics of the game but more about just general gameplay is yeah you generally uh you wait till like the third place ika e-c-c-r-i-a mm -hmm. that's where you get the bike upgrades the other as i found out you know mm -hmm. don't waste your units or cuts, as they call them in this game, mm -hmm. um, on upgrades in the first one or two settlements because it's their trash. So it's like the good set is in Ikaria, and uh, you know once you get them, you don't have to look shop anymore for uh, you know. And the game's a little vagueish on you know what's the difference between an upgrade and a customization, like yeah, something that just gives you a look instead of any kind of real benefit to the bike. Yeah. Like speed or handling or stuff like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I basically found myself not spending anything on that until I actually, yeah, went and restarts. Okay, where's where I'm only going to, you know, there's the money is that there, there's not like a, an economy system where the money's just falling out of the sky. This is, yeah, the money's real tight in this game. Um, you have to do, I you know, the map. Hmm? <laughs> I yeah, the map's, the map. Hey, the map's yeah. hundred dollars well, at that, the very beginning. <laughs> that you pretty much have to buy. Uh, you can wander around without without. Well, here's the all right. Here's the basic scenario of this game. There's an area. There's a cartographer. Cartographer. Mm -hmm. You pretty much really want to find the cartographer first. Yeah, because, look for because the big sky balloon and go see them. <laughs> yeah, because. Most of these areas are vast wastelands of nothingness. And you just end up, you know, wandering. And once you get the cartography map, you can just distinctly tell what the four, four things you need to go to are in the area. They're like sort of like gray blotches on the map. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Until you go there, and thank God this game has a fast travel. <laughs> yes. Because, like I said, most of these areas are separated by wasteland and just, I look, there ain't nothing out there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I um, I didn't get very far in the game. If it did, if that wasn't obvious. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I, first off, I think according to my xbox i played an hour and 20 minutes and i could already tell you that i know for a fact that at least 15 minutes of that was me messing with the controller sensitivity uh, mm. yeah, i played on xbox and it was like it was like <laughs> sable would like move very slow but then the camera would go five thousand miles per like yeah minute, and i was like ah it was like <laughs> Very dis uh, and disorienting, like, and and like the sensitivity controller, it was like <laughs> it was like it didn't do anything, didn't do anything, and then it's like as too much. slow as a slug, you know. And it was like, mm -hmm. wait, what happened here? And then, yeah, um, yeah, I I wanted I wanted to to play play more of it, but it was <laughs> I. I talk, I got the map guy. I talked to the guy. I got the compass. Mm -hmm. and tried to figure out the compass, the waypoint thing. I was like, <laughs> like I've, it was just a very frustrating waypoint thing for me. Just like you have to like scroll it out into the distance. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Generally, everybody like, uses that once and then says that. I know. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know like, why it told you to do it that way, because you can look at the map and add waypoints directly to the map. And it's oh. much easier, yeah. And, and it's much, so much yeah. easier. And like, I understand why, because you're like looking around and you're like, I see that thing, and I want to mark it on my compass yeah, so that I can go but, get it. But at the same time, like, I, I 
the, the visual Why style does so not difficult? help with the, the visual no. style does not help with depth perception. No, no, unfortunately, no, no, no not at all. And there is a pop in, you know, it's very subtle, but there is a pop in, pop out. So you have to get within a certain range before mm-hmm. something will show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yep. So generally, yeah, yeah. If you can find the cartographers that at first, that's a big, but a lot of them are really, you know, I mean, um, they're not horrible, uh, but some of them you definitely need. Well, in this game, there is one of the first or third things, or um, you know, within the first three or four hours, I'd say they introduce you to the uh, the churn. Is it churn or uh, what is uh, churn? Chum, chum lair. The chum. The chum mm-hmm. Yeah, the chum. Yeah. And you find these chum eggs all across the wilderness, mostly in the areas you're looking, you're searching in. Mm-hmm. Uh, very rarely did I just happen to bump into one that wasn't in an area, you know, if, you know, where I'm you saying. were already going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's usually like there's, and at first it says, Oh, fine. Ch- five chum eggs. Okay. And the, and in the first town, you know, the Burt Oak station, you pretty much, yeah, I think you find three or four, and then the next place you go near that station, you'll find another two, and so, okay, good. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a stamina boost. Mm-hmm. So now you can climb a little higher. Well, who gives you the stamina boost? The chum! The, the queen of the chum! Oh my gosh! I felt like yeah. I was in, like, a Zelda game whenever I went to come yeah, and, and it's, I was it's like, so It's ah. so uh, cute, cute and heartwarming, because when you return the eggs to her, she's you know very happy and she cry- and she cries and you get a, a chum tear, and you, you absorb that and that's what gives you your extra stamina. And the next time you go, if you look in the background, there'll be that many little chums playing in the background. Oh, that's so cute. So, so cute. Uh, total, I looked it up. The max is a hundred. One hundred chum eggs. That's when you max out your stamina. I did not. I had so many eggs. Yeah, it goes five, then another ten, I think. think? Fifteen or something. Yeah, ten, fifteen, somewhere in there. And then twenties after that. It doesn't go higher than twenty. It's so it's like Mm. five, fifteen, twenty, 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 twenty till you max out. You max. Uh, I was at forty, and that was that was. I didn't. I haven't run into anything that. Needed more stamina than what 40 gave you. So you've still been able to climb everything nice. Good yeah. Job. It takes... The, the, the One thing about mechanics, it's the transition from gliding to climbing sometimes is hit and mm-hmm. miss. And you like, you end up falling. Yes. Because it didn't grab. And yeah. I'm like, you, you son of a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Start at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. your way back up. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I saw yeah somebody with... Yeah, a hundred, and then it—it it just like ugh, I don't know. And then I did, then I saw him sprinting, and I'm like, I didn't even know there was a sprint button. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, so like right at the beginning, right when you leave that temple, right at the start, it talks about sprinting, and then I was like, but now that I can fly, or yeah, just ride my hover bike, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, yeah, I played on PC with keyboard and mouse because that makes sense to my FPS mapped brain. Um, and yeah, um, so it has different key things mapped automatically when you load the game. Uh, and then some of them, the choices that they made are not what I would consider uh, maybe the norm for a lot of the games that I've played. So I got stuck in a map, or not in a map, I got stuck in a menu when I went to go talk to the first cartographer. Uh, and apparently the symbol that they were like, oh no, that means backspace. It's like, who uses backspace to get out of a menu? My keyboard, like, it's escape or hit enter to like complete the dialogue and, and leave. Okay. It's backspace. Thanks. Yeah, you know? I actually... Uh... In my game, it, it recognized the controller, but it used the Xbox symbols. 
Even though so you weren't using Xbox I was controller. using a piece PS4 controller. Oh. So I have a little Ouch. sticky note on my monitor of the translation. To translate? Oh, gosh. <laughs> no. That's too much brain That's, power. Mm-mm. Big brain time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that was kind of the main issue for me. I was trying to remember what all of the key bindings were supposed to be. And then once I had to talk to support about and they're like oh yeah this is what it means and I was like of course that's what it means freaking A okay <laughs> never mind we made it out <laughs> yeah um, alright uh, so for the, the intro scenario uh, Sable is going to go out on her gliding uh, she's a young um, I, I think I think it is a she I think it is female yeah um a young woman from this Ibex camp. Um, and it seems like most of the people in this world are nomads of some sort. And everybody does this thing where they go out on their gliding. It's their coming of age ritual. Um, and you get your first hover bike and uh, go out and see the world and decide what kind of person you want to be or what kind of, um, I don't know, vocation you want to take. Um, yeah. And that will determine um, kind of like where you end up working or who you end up working with. Uh, and then what kind of mask you wear. Um, there's a whole thing, which I wish I had played a little bit more to find out about um, a whole deal with everybody in the world wears masks. Nobody mm-hmm. really shows their actual face. Um, and so depending on what you do will change the shape of your mask and you can collect tokens from different people that do different jobs and get different masks to try out and see who you like being or don't like being. Yeah. So uh, it's basically the rule of three that everybody, you know, as you go from place to place, you'll, there, there, I mean, there's the major things are like machinists, uh, merchants, mm-hmm. uh, guards, uh, cartographers, scrap. I think too. Yeah, car- cartographers. Yeah, they give mm-hmm. you they give you what they call a badge, and after you get three badges, then you can have a mask of that uh, profession forged. Pretty cool. Each town has a, a forger who will do that for you. Nice. Um. So you're you start out in a temple, and you go back to your your home camp, the Ibex camp. And talk to this woman who is kind of your mother figure. It's not, at least in the intro, it's not really said whether she's your mother or not. And she's um, helping you get out on your journey. You're supposed to have this bike built for you. And the person who's supposed to build your bike is like, I'm going to need you to go and actually get all the things to put together your bike. Great. Uh, So here's this old junkie bike for you to learn on. (laughs) Uh, Yep. So you drive around and... um, more like you I, bump around. Exactly. Okay, yeah, I was, I was going to ask. I was like, because I was like, surely once I get like the legit bike, it will control much better than this thing. Is that yeah. true? Once you, once yes. you get the, 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 that upgrade I was talking about, then it's smooth sailing. It's just like the thing is fast. It pretty much, you know, doesn't get upset very much. But it's still, it's still like if you try to go up a dune, it'll just like flip around and yes. you know, wait for it to ride itself. <laughs> That, yes, <laughs> yeah. that's that's what I think, because Sable or so like like the art style is like they they move like at like a flame rate, like lower frame rate, like it's supposed to look like stop motion almost, I guess. That's what they're going for. I don't know. But then like the bike doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's it's very it's very weird. But yeah, it was this quest that, that I was like, OK. Yeah, I mean, the the, the classic fetch quest, and then I went to the ship, and I was like, oh, there's a story going on in the ship, and then, then, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't find the part, and there's a little kid, go kill slugs for me, and I was just like, oh, no, (laughs) (laughs) and and I didn't kill the slugs, I didn't get that far, (laughs) because it was just like, it's one of these. (laughs) Yeah, generally, it's... um... It's you drive to a location once, and that's the only time you drive to it. It's like after that, you fa- once you discover the place, it's like you fast travel, fast travel, fast travel. 
Um, so that's basically why it's so important to go to the cartographer because you're going to see, oh, here are the three or four locations in this area. Just quick drive there, knock them out. Okay, now I'm set for the area. <laughs> and you can just move around real fast and do what you need to do. And, you know, each area gives you like, there's like two or three quest givers in each area. But the one, the big place, the uh, uh, ECCRIF, I don't have no mm -hmm. idea how you pronounce it. But that, uh, that has like, four, yeah. Maybe. Mm -hmm. There's like four or five quest lines in that place. In Red Sea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But everybody, other, every other place is pretty sparse, like two or three people. Two or three quest givers and everybody else just for dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Which sometimes the dialogue was nice and sometimes uh, I was like, mm, this is just a quest. Yeah. All right, I'll put you in my open quest file and then I'll come back whenever I feel like doing this. One. Yeah, I was very appreciative. They did have, you know, which some games uh, we've... Like we have Jonathan talked about that, that don't have is a log, so you can keep track of what you need to do, and mm -hmm. it tells you where you need to do it. So it's it, it's very helpful, you know, because you know without that log, it'd be very confusing. So you end up going, you know, it was like you got into a rhythm where you go into a place, collect all your quests, almost <laughs> lazily half reading them. You know? mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you want me to get something? Okay, I'll check the log later and see what you want. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I think this has something to do with that one thing that the other person talked about. Compare quest, compare quest. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, great. Yeah. And, uh, well, or sometimes you, uh, ac you know, accident, you know, accidentally find a place, bef you know, before you, you know before you get the quest for it. And that's very mm -hmm. forgiving. You know, if you already collected what you needed to collect, that's fine. They'll just say, you just reinitiate the dialogue. Oh, you have it. No, that was fast. Yep. You know. Mm -hmm. Classic uh, fetch quest logic. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, the other thing that you learn how to do in the intro section is apparently people can fly when they go out on their glidings. So you go to this temple and get force powers to like levitate up for gliding, the gliding, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. It's the the whole it's like we were inspired by Zelda Breath of the Wild, but instead of an actual, you know, kite glider, you get a force bubble. Yeah. <laughs> like in, in the for listeners in the Discord, we were joking about this game being like uh what if Ray from Star Wars, like, never met anybody else from Star Wars and just stayed, like, a Stay junk force bender. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, yeah, oh, that's gosh. kind of, it is kind of what this yeah. reminds me of. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah, without the without the uh, lightsaber, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a gliding, I call it the not falling. Uh, uh -huh. You just sort of, it, it helps. But there is no, uh, I'm pretty sure there's no fall damage. You can... Other than her yeah, yelling out, yeah, yeah, she just she just oops really loud, as far as I can tell. <laughs> Same. Shut up, Land. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. Keep You're fine. Going. You're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. Ah, uh, so you finally get your own bike put all together. And you say goodbye to everybody in your village and you head out and you fly out between the two, like the massive gate that reminds me of like that one scene in Lord of the Rings where they're on the river and then there's the two dudes with their massive hands, like holding up. You do know what I'm talking about in the, in the fellowship of the ring? Maybe not. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, flying out through the gate and you leave the, the, you leave the intro area. And, yeah, and it's kind of funny. You head out into the world. Once you get sorted out, it's like, well, go ahead. Go do your gliding. Oh, by the way, we won't be here when you come back. If you exactly. Back. <laughs> we'll see you when we see you. Right. Wherever that is. <laughs> We're moving on to our next camp, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, before you leave, you do get to go to like a special mask ceremony. Um, get your like gliding mask, which is yeah. kind of weird. Um, in this world, there's a lot of like dead spaceships. There's a lot of that's kind of what people are building their livelihood out of to some extent is space junk. Um, but then there's also some like inherent magical properties that people have harnessed. Either it's stuff that's from this planet or um like you can talk to an AI later on uh in one of the dead ships. Uh so there's some interesting things going on. Um so I kind of wish I had kept playing to find out more about that. But yeah, in each area there'll be one or two. Some of there are more than one. Yeah, these crash ships where you're just basically that there's an overarching at least for that uh quest where you're collecting all these logs finding out what happened to these ships mm -hmm. uh and also collecting uh uh the ships don't give you they just get the logs for this and you also i mean there's a big end game not end game but end of the trail for the ships area that uh gets you uh a unique mask when you, when you need to solve the big puzzle of the ships so to speak Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, there's not much, I mean, other than finding chums and scrap metal in the ships, that's about, you know, you're, you're exploring the ship to find the, uh, the log area, which is usually behind a locked door that you have to, it's usually these, uh, the puzzle. yeah, battery puzzles where there's certain things you have to power. And you have to move batteries and figure out how to get the battery from one place to another mm -hmm. and uh, how to use certain devices by powering them and, and then not powering them, powering, powering them. Yeah, get this bridge to turn and then take off the battery at the right point so it's not turning anymore so you can right. still so use you it. Right, so it's no longer up and down. Now it's left mm -hmm. and right so you can now use it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, that's, I mean... I enjoyed the ships pretty much. There was one ship that was really tough and I had to look up. But for the most part, there were once you got the first one, it's like, okay, I get what they're doing here. Okay. All right. The toughest part about most of these ships is finding the entrance. <laughs> mm. Because it's not incredibly obvious. Yes. I usually had to like crawl around for a while and decide, is this the opening? I can go in here, but it's just a wall. Okay, it's not no. It's not this one. And some interesting <laughs> elevator puzzles in the ships and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. a couple of the ships. Uh, a lot of the other, like, um, fetch stuff is some of, you know, interacting with some of the wildlife, uh, the, the beetles, and certain, they have certain characteristics, and you have to figure out what to do to, to either fetch either a piece of the beetle or the beetle itself. Uh, so uh, so those were a little tougher. I had to look up a couple things because you found the critter easy enough, but it was mm -hmm. like, exactly what do I have to do in what order to get this thing to do what I want it to do? Yeah. <laughs> so so most of these, yeah, I mean, I mean all, all, the, all these quests are basically gathering uh, badges for the, the different masks. Uh, so, so it's mostly just like doing things for other people to learn more about what they do, or at least getting things for them to do what they do. Yeah, and yeah, you get the you lore. Mask. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and uh, most of them were pretty straightforward. Uh and like only you know two, one or two, or maybe three in an area, but the that one big area, I haven't gotten to the waste yet, so I can't speak for that. That's the last area, mm -hmm. and that's a fairly small area. Um, but yeah, that one big town, like a uh, an oasis, has an a whole big. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to solve a crime. Somebody stole the power for the town. Have to yeah, go restart the power and then mm -hmm. figure out. And you know. At least I didn't find, a def you know, it was one of those things where you end up with like four suspects and then you have to figure mm. out who's the guilty party, but there's not really anything that's 
that screams a strong suspect. You never, it doesn't seem to me, I couldn't find anything that. You feel like, like you're playing E Shade again? <laughs> you're like, it yeah. could be any of these people. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. I couldn't find, you know, there wasn't, at least I didn't find it, the finding, aha, uh -huh, uh -huh. definitely said it was somebody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you definitely just, you have to nail somebody for it. But that, in at least in my game, or at least in the game, uh, the most interesting special mask was called the Shade of Ichia, or whatever, however mm -hmm. I got it. Mm -hmm. um, it, he's sort of like the, the, the mysterious Zorro of the city. He's retired. He's actually retired, and uh, he wants you to go find his mask. So you can see it because his son, it, what, it, he doesn't, it's not really his son. It's his, he has this, like, he's sort of adopted the orphans of the town mm -hmm. and take care of them. And one of them has gotten into trouble and is locked up in, a, in the guards uh, cell. And you have to scare the guards by finding his old mask and, and scaring them like you're, you know, you're Zorro, you know, it's like oh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. That's awesome. And at the end, you get to keep the mask. So, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So that was fun doing that. Yeah. Um, and probably, you know, that's that's high in the list of what mask. Uh, you know, if you know, if I complete the game, that I choose to to be, because it doesn't really lock mm -hmm. lock you into a career. You're just this mysterious. You know, you're a glider, do gooder. Yeah. Yeah. Batman. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you feel, and if you don't really know, then that's okay. Um, but you've played a lot more than I have. Do you feel like uh, that this game is is wanting you, like, toward as you're getting toward the end game, do you feel like it's going to ask you to make a choice for what you want to do with your life? Or is it just going to kind of be like, you know, keep exploring and... Because it didn't really seem like that just like continuing to glide, be a glider, mm -hmm. is going to be a viable option. Although everybody stays nomadic. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. Uh, so that's kind of interesting to like go out and be nomadic or extra nomadic, I, I guess, if everyone is already nomadic. But then eventually like figure out your place in society, but stay nomadic. Oh, uh. Okay. So spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. That is the end game. That's at uh, at some point uh, after you've you know you can gather one or you can gather. I think there's one, two, three, four. I'm looking. At, I made a list. One, two, mm -hmm. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I think ten different masks. Mm -hmm. Okay, and at some point in the game, any well, here's the, the the kicker in this game. At any point in the game, you can go back. I think to Ibex or something and say you're ready to, to, to quote unquote, wear your mask, your true mask. Complete the ceremony. Hmm. And that's, that's roll credits. Man. So uh, there is a speed run of like four minutes. Cause you just get a, get a <laughs> you mask, get your first and, mask then... and just go back right back to town and that. say, that's it. I want to be that. <laughs> Man. Uh, uh. No. And part of it is, I think that, I'm the kind of person that like, this is why I like online shopping better than in-store shopping because I want to be able to evaluate each option before I decide. I don't know what I want when I go into the store. So yeah, that would, well, that would give me so much anxiety to be like, yeah, I just got this mask and I decided that was good enough for me. Mm, no, no, uh, exactly. You. That's the way I'm playing. I haven't forged a single mask. I have all the badges. Ooh. And and some of them, uh, well, not all. I shouldn't say that. I think I'm missing one or two. But I have, like, I think I'm missing... The scrapper's mask is basically you have to just... You return so much scrap. And mm -hmm. uh, there's a couple, like, quote-unquote, where it's not this repetitive quest-type mask. Like, the, the, the shade of uh, that town is you don't have to return three things. You just complete the quest for that guy, and he gives you the shade mask. Mm, cool. uh, the other ones, like the merchants and stuff like that, you have to go get three badges and turn those badges in, and the guy will forge you that that mask. Mm -hmm. So it's about half and half, I think. I'm just giving it a quick glance. You know, um, 
the special ones, like at the end of the spaceship quest line, there's a special one you get. Uh, if you get a hundred eggs, return a hundred eggs, she'll give you a mask. Ooh. Yeah. The egg mask. The egg mask. And the unique thing about the egg masks. mask. Yeah, I did some reading already ahead of time just so we could have some <laughs> end game uh, stuff to, to read about. Uh, or talk the about. MVP. Yeah. The, the neat thing about the, the chum mask is it has little antennas on it. Mm-hmm. And the antennas get excited when there's an egg nearby. <gasps> That's awesome. I think there's, I read there's 166 eggs out there. Oh, wow. So you so. can just keep, even though I won't give you any more bonuses, you just keep turning in, <laughs> turning in eggs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like the, and then this, this, the ship quest is a mask. Uh, there's a couple special areas that have masks just for completing that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to see, I'm looking at the on down the list. Uh, oh. Like what you what you wouldn't think is a career, but that like there's three different kinds kinds of beetles, and you get you know through different towns, you know fetch this beetle mm-hmm. stuff for me. There's a beetle mask. Hmm, interesting. Like and, a entomologist. <laughs> yes. Uh, entertainer mask. Because, ah, the first introduction to the entertainer mask in this t- this big town. There are three kids who want to play hide and seek with you, mm-hmm. and you have to go find them in the town then. Oh, great. So once you find them, because you entertain them, that's your first entertainer badge. Huh. So, so is it like actually the child care mask? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what it looked like. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's basically what you're doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, read, I, read, I read a little, uh, you know, about 10 hours or so into the game, I was starting to get nervous and I'm like, you know, is it okay to forge a mask or, you know, is that the, my declaration, you know? And it's, no, you have to go back to that place. And, uh, it's weird. You go back to the town, you talk to everybody in your town, you find them and you have a big discussion And each one of the, one of the people that were in that town is sort of represents one of the masks. Hmm. So That's you just cool. discuss, well, why should I, or, you know, what, what would it be like if I took the, the merchant's mask and you know you talk with them and then at the end you do the old yes i made my decision and it was funny i was watching a walkthrough video on you know the the ending Mm -hmm. and this guy was like driving me nuts (laughs) because there's like 10 or 12 mask statues in the temple then right Mm -hmm. and you you walk up to it do you want to choose this mask and the guy would look at it and go no and then he would go to the next statue look at it and go no and then he he did it like three times for every what? mask. And I'm, like, will you ju-? I'm like, will you just make your choice? <laughs> oh my gosh! So, so that's how you. And once you make your choice, is a bit of a cutscene where, you know, you you become that. You know, you get that mask. I guess it's permanently affixed on your face, um. and then uh, roll credits. Wow. And I think it, it's somebody said it does. You know, you can go back to the pre. You know, the sit the, before credits save and it just picks off before you entered the temple or whatever you make before you made your choice mm-hmm. so basically yeah that's how you could screw up and just like get three badges make a mask and then go back and it's like oops game over and that's <laughs> it thanks <laughs> so no it's about exploration it's about finding all the little things in this in this planet mm-hmm. most of the stuff um the climbing is it can be a little frustrating at times cuz i mean some of it's you know i guess as you move from you know it, it progresses obviously mm-hmm. the, the the balloon places get a little tougher and tougher and higher and higher as you as you move along um so it's basically yeah you're just it's almost like i don't know if a game that compared like i was going to say tomb raider but not really but uh, where you're just looking for the next plateau to like, you know, sequentially go, you know, mm-hmm. as you climb up and up and up and up. Yeah, you know? that's what I felt like. Yeah. So, but the ships are more of puzzles, you know, where you have to figure out, you know, and 
yeah, concentrate a little bit. I mean, I got the 40 on the eggs, and that pretty much, I didn't run into any trouble after that. That's pretty good. But, but as you go around doing all your little quests, you're going to find, you know, these eggs. You know, you're just going to, but you have to, you know, it's one of those leave no stone unturned in every area. Mm-hmm. It's generally like, I know there's one or two here, and if I haven't found one or two in an area, I know it's like, I, you know, I think I'm missing one somewhere. It's going to bug me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's in, it was enjoyable for, you know, but it's just, I think, getting a little bit into the, the, the you know, finally thinking, you know, final thoughts about it, it's, um, may, uh, you know, I don't know how you, you know, the wasteland could have been a little smaller <laughs> or made it a little, a little bit easier because you have all these mountains and hills and ridges getting yeah. in your way. And it's like you get turned around so easy, you know, it's like, well, what direction was I really, was I heading into before I hit that hill and got turned around? Exactly. Yeah. Even like. In the teeny tiny tutorial area, like I would get turned around all the time and be like, "Okay, pull out your compass. Which way? We're, which way were yeah. we supposed to be going?" Hit, hit the button to bring up the the, the ring so I could figure uh-huh. out where I was supposed exactly. to. Exactly. Which was nice. I mean, but the tricky part is sometimes there's some quests that pull up multiple rings, so you have to mm-hmm. go back to the map and say, "Okay, which one am I closest to?" Mm-hmm. And then or reorient yourself uh, yeah. that way, which is nice. I mean, you know. The, the the map the overhead map comes in really handy. Yes. Uh, and thank you for making the balloonists the easiest to find when you first enter an area typically so that you can get your map first thing if you really want to because Well, well. that was the first area. After that it gets a little tougher. Okay. Great. It, it, they, Even they, better. Yeah. <laughs> they they really, you know, a couple couple areas I had to, to like go online and take a quick peek at the map and see what general direction it was in. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of them are yeah pretty tough, so not you know difficult to find. It's not like you enter the area and you see ah there's the balloon. No, it's not that easy. <laughs> Never mind then. You have, to, you have to drive around for a bit to to you know or give up like I did on a couple areas and say okay where is this friggin' balloon. It's bad enough I got to climb up there. Just could you just <laughs> make me show me where it is? <laughs> yeah, there's one. It's like on a floating, big floating circle thingy, and uh. and I didn't see it at first. And it's like, oh, there's a big rock right next to it. You have to get to the top of that rock, and then take the leap of faith across to the ring. So. Huh? Uh. Yeah, uh, there's a couple, yeah, I'd say about uh, 25 to 30% of the, th- the things I had to, like, at least for me, I had to go check to see, okay, I'm just not getting what I'm supposed to be doing with this beetle or with this certain thing. I had uh, to look up, I had to look up the beetle quest in the tutorial area because I was like. Yeah, you don't know what to do with the beetle. I have absolutely no idea what to do, and it's not. I feel like this is something that Sable would know. So it would make sense for the game to be like, hey, you know that these beetles don't like these seeds from these flowers. And you just have to climb up the flower and knock one off. And then get it close to a beetle. And it it, it kind of... Because I would climb up the flower and then just try and like jump down on them and that did absolutely nothing. And right. I was like, okay, exactly. sneak up to them. Absolutely nothing. Right. What's the trick? And once you learn the trick, it's like easy peasy. It's like, oh my god! And it, it you know, with the, with the art style, it, it's not easy to pick out that fl- you know the seed on the flower. Oh, that's what I need to interact with. You know, uh, same thing. I mean that that happens all throughout. That there's, you know, well, it's like uh, repetitive where you like, okay, now I have to look for that unique thing in this area. That's probably a trigger for the beetle or whatever I need to to interact with. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of stuff as you go and play along that you collect, and it's like it's never 
really address, can I sell these? Do I need these? You know. I just um, have it. <laughs> yeah, like all kinds of, three different kinds of butterflies, dragonflies, uh, all kinds of stuff uh, that you just sort of collect. And they're not wor worth a hell of a lot, like five cuts each. So it's like, uh, that's not where you're making your big, <laughs> big money. <laughs> your big money is scrapping. <laughs> Yay. And uh, uh, finding the little baskets with 20 cuts in it. <laughs> it's funny. You know, it is you, nice. You're wandering you through it? an area. You're on a roof at the top of a building. And it's like, that's all I get is 20 cuts. That's I just like spent 10 minutes climbing up to the top of this building. <laughs> right. But at the same time, sometimes I'm like, who left this year that I'm right. impoverishing now by taking your money? Why is there money on the roof? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm, in, I'm stealing someone's cuts, but hey. Like, I haven't met that many people in this area. Who's leaving money out? <laughs> yeah. Should I be looking closer at these bones that are hiding out in this desert? Yeah, and it, it's... Yeah. There are a couple... I wouldn't say hidden quotes, but... You just sort of bump it, you know, if you, you, yeah, general advice, interact with everything. <laughs> Look everywhere and interact with everything because it's not really, you know, there's no big flashing quest here, lights. Yeah. You just kind of got to talk to them until then the thing pops up at the end of your conversation. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And there's a lot of people who don't add to your, you know, you just talk to them. And you end up talking to them. So it's, especially with this art style, you know, like a complaint is, um, it's not easy to find the person you got the quest from when you go back. I mean, a lot of the little towns, it's easy. It's, you know, it's the only person you could talk to. But like that big city, it's like there's, you know, 20, 30 people in that city. And it's like, now who the hell do I have to return this to again? <laughs> mm-hmm. They end up walking around the city and talking to everybody. Yeah. That's what the, the the times when I'm like, man, if this is this other game, then I would have a little like automatic thing added to my my uh <laughs> my compass so that it'd be like, oh, this yellow one is the one I'm doing right now. This is the active one. I think Go it will follow that. <laughs> But there's no like relative distance. So there's like, especially in that town, there's like five people in that area, you know, over on the right, mm -hmm. you know, the quest markers pointing to the right. It's like, there's like five people there. Who the hell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, the art style was kind of, you know, too much wasteland, I think. Uh, could have made they put a lot of stuff in there to get in your way going from A to B and it was all unimportant stuff it's like so, I'm you know on the bike traveling for like f five minutes you know trying to find the next area and it's like there's nothing absolutely nothing <laughs> it was mostly a flight simulator you felt like yeah well not even a flight I mean you know yeah driving your hover bike through the <laughs> through a yeah a big, uh, you know, like Arizona, middle of the, you know, the Grand Canyon kind of thing, you know, where the canyons get in the way, you know, it's like, but yeah, generally, mm -hmm. yeah, when you were playing this game, the second you uh, found an area, you never drove there again. <laughs> it was just like, fast yeah. travel, fast travel, fast travel. Yeah. <laughs> quick, quick, quick. No, thank you. Yeah. So you really, you know, so you felt like for an exploration game, this was kind of empty. Interesting way to, yes, exactly. Because, you know, once you picked up the trick that, oh, once you get the map, the cart, you know, the, the map from the cartographer, mm -hmm. it pretty much points out, yeah, as you can see in the, the graphic, that's like there's like five places you got to go and there's nothing in between. Yeah. It's like these are the five places and that's it. Yeah. Know? I can't, yeah. I think this would have been the opportunity to do and like it wouldn't even have to be like an interest point or a waypoint, but like and I get that some of this is 
you know, AI generated landscape and such, but it would have been cool to be like, hey, we're going to, you know, sculpt a couple of really cool, interesting carvings into this hillside or, you know, something to look at more than just like, this is a rock outcrop and this is a rock outcrop and this is a rock outcrop and here's a canyon and here's a rock outcrop and here's a rock outcrop. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You like the music. I've heard fantastic things, only good things about the music from this game. Um, well, here's the thing. The music was okay. It wasn't, didn't get in the way. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it can get in the way. It was very good. It, although on when I, my PC playthrough, it did break up sometimes. I don't know if anybody oh. else experienced that. We get stuttery. Um, so that would distract for a bit. Yeah, but I never. I, I was looking for the soundtrack because I wanted to hear that song. The girl starts to sing when you have the menu up, right, to start the game, mm-hmm. and it's like it never. I never really like heard the complete song. Wow, it's like it really sticks in the menu that long. No, it doesn't. It, it, it like I don't know if I was just impatient with the menu, but I don't know if you just sit sit there if she's the song goes from beginning to end. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't wait in the menu though to find out either. Yeah, so I do you want me to give it a number or no? If you want to give it a number, go right ahead. Um, but I was I mean I only played three hours, so I be rating. Um It's one of those. It's a. It's an. It's an. It's a. It's about a seven and a half. It's. It's. It's a good game. It's, it was enjoyable, but it wasn't a game. Once you started playing, you said, "I got it." You know, it, it, it's easy to put down. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, do you want to talk about? You were talked about this before we started recording. Do you want to talk about your comparison with this with a different open world game you were also playing about this time? Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the the main reason I didn't play a lot of Sable is because I've been on that um, Elden Ring addiction like so many others. <laughs> um, and I mean, they're, they're two very completely different games and stuff. But after, you know, finally beating Elden Ring and stuff, it was just like, Okay, I um I really want to play something that's not really an open world or at least if I'm going to play open world I need something with like a driving story. Mm-hmm. Which Sable and Elden Ring having But at least it helped. It's trying to kill you. Uh, yeah, granted, it's trying to kill you. Uh, but um, and, you know, it's like I, I, I don't want to be too harsh on this game because I, you know, I only played an hour and twenty minutes of it, and admittedly, twenty minutes of the hour and twenty minutes was full in with the controller sensitivity. <laughs> mm-hmm. But. But yeah, I mean, it lo- it looks it looks very nice. I you know, I really, you know, was looking forward to to playing it, but it just um I don't know, out of the gate it didn't didn't hook me. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. I needed a game to hook me. Like I I know that's that sounds very like <laughs> first world problem. <gasps> this video game did not hook me. What at the same time, like, but, I think yeah. this is, this is kind of what we're dealing with in this market. Like you, you have to make your game compelling enough to get people to stick with, because it's not like we only have four games to choose from each month. Unfortunately, yeah. I wish that would sometimes I think uh, that would be nice. There's so many uh, games coming out all the time yeah. now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I felt like this game was a 
you know, for the, the bit that I played, this game felt like a chill experience. It felt like, you know, you can just fly around and do whatever you feel like doing. Um, but at the same time, like it didn't feel like it was easy to do the things that would have been enjoyable. And not that that's like required for a game. Like, obviously, if it's just easy to do things, then probably not going to do them. Like sometimes it's compelling to to try things and fail enough times that when you do succeed, it feels that much better. Uh, but like, I was so excited to get the new bike and I flew out into the new area and I was like, God, I suck at flying this too. And part of that is Madeline problem. So I'm not going to put all of that on the game. But at the same time, I was like, if this was like that much more intuitive, then yeah, I probably would have, like put a lot a little bit more time into making this a priority over other stuff going on in my life um but like frank had talked about like you crest a ridge and instead of being like a really nice like come back down and come over the mountain but like you come up over a sand dune and now that you're up high you can see like which way you might want to like turn just slightly to go towards that thing up on the horizon and you turn a little bit and then it like flips your bike and i was like really like I got the nice new bike and it's nice to fly, but like I'm flipping every time I turn over, like every time I come up a sand dune makes it almost harder to fly in that regard. So I don't know. Part of that is a Madeline problem. And I will freely admit that because I suck at the physical aspect of video games. I'm much more here for the story. Uh, um, I, this was a beautiful game. The music was pretty chill. Um, but like Jonathan said, it just wasn't grabbing me as much as I kind of probably would have wanted it to, uh, to push through and play a, a little bit more. I probably will finish it at some point, um, but it, I have no idea when that will be. So, Well, thank you for joining us on our chat for Sable. Our next chat is the game Unpacking. It was released on November 2nd of 2021. It is developed by Witchbeam and published by Humble Games. Unpacking is a Zen puzzle game about the familiar experience of pulling possessions out of boxes and fitting them into a new home. Part block fitting puzzle, part home decoration, you are invited to create a satisfying living space while learning clues about the life you're unpacking. So join us next week for that. I believe that is just going to be excuse me, a one-week chat because I think it's a pretty short game. If you want more game chat, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Podcast, Stitcher, and Google Play Podcast under the game chat for all past and current shows. Keep up to date on what's going on by following us on Twitter at the underscore game underscore chat, Instagram at the game chat, and search for us on Facebook under game chat. Leave us a review or question or topic for our current game, and we might read it on the show. Email us at chat with us at the game chat.net and uh, send us pictures of dogs at not enough good dogs at the game chat.net. Please come back next week and we are chatting about unpacking. So until then, thank you for listening and we'll chat at you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.